it. There's such a lot of living to do. They're sassy, sexy, spunky, witty, and best of all, opinionated. They are the girlfriends. And now here are Shelly, Whitney, and Shauna. Hello, favorite listeners. You are listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net, and I am Shelley MacArthur, and I am here with my girlfriend, Whitney Lasky. Summer is here. Summer is here, and we are so happy that summer is here, although it's been kind of strange weather, but nonetheless. We, we are broadcasting to you from Shiberia, and uh, <laughs> we skipped spring, it seems like. I'm just happy that, you know... To see a little sunshine. It's I good. am too. It's I'm all happy good. to see sunshine. But speaking of no sunshine, one of the things that we are all very happy um, talking about today, which is a major topic of conversation, is that the American Apparel CEO, Dove Cheney, Charney, I'm sorry. Charney. Dove Charney was ousted. Yes, and you heard it here, favorite listeners. Don't you, cross the girlfriends. Don't cross the girlfriends. You heard it here. We have it on our blog on the girlfriends at webtalkradio.net and thegirlfriendsentertainment.com. Uh, for months, we have been talking about this fellow, unbeknownst to us, that um, he was going to be ousted. And, and one of the things we didn't tell you at the time was that... My son is was attending a school, a prep school that he attended. So I, I felt like I had the double whammy in terms of A, being the guy being Jewish, and B, having attended this very prestigious school out east, which, um, you know, Jews and, 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 and uh, prep schools haven't always gone together hand in hand, you know, throughout history. And um, I know our family certainly felt that you know, we, uh, my son had, and our family had a responsibility to um, be the, you know, do our best and be the best and represent ourselves the best we could for our peeps. And um, I was very disappointed in Dove Charney um, that he, you know, seemed like somebody who had a great, ki- a kid with a great idea and just completely perverted it. Um, the ads, I mean, were just beyond bad and, they, and they tasteless. They just got beyond bad and it just got out of control. And why um, I, you know, that was just an instinctive feeling uh, several months ago that we came upon all this and I kept seeing these American Apparel ads popping up and I thought, this is just outrageous. I cannot believe this guy is doing this. I thing. mean, they, they bordered on pornographic. I mean, They bordered they? on pornographic. Apparently... Um, the board had had enough, and he's also the founder of American Apparel, so that's what's very unusual. There that's kind of like Steve Jobs getting right ousted back in the day from from Apple, right? Right, and there aren't a whole lot of CEOs that get ousted, but he was one of them. He had several sexual harassment uh, suits and uh, lawsuits alleging sexual harassment, and the board decided that they had had enough. They didn't like the direction that American Apparel was going. And um, bravo. I am so Honest happy. Honest to goodness. Honest to goodness. Thank you. Yes. Snaps. I mean, I, you know, it's Snaps. like Radio Shack. You know, they're about to, they can get tossed out of uh, the stock market because their stock is lower than it's ever been. So 
the dollar, right? And all, I think it's it's turning into a penny stock almost now. And, you know, the stockholders are losing lots and lots of money. And, you know, thank goodness that the board of American Apparel, you know, stepped up and did this before I, I, they were the next radio show. It gives me a glimmer of hope um, in in the public. It really does. I am happy that there are people other than sometimes, you know, we have the good graces and the, and the the blessing to be able to talk on the air about things that really bother us. But I'm happy that that was. And one of the things too is that you know we've been constantly anti-American Apparel, um, the company American Apparel. And how often do you see something you know get resolved in such a well, relatively short period of time? You know. But you know what? It was reaching that point. I mean, we talked about yeah. it here on our show. Yeah. Um, I had had several American Apparel ads for years come come on my computer, and this was the last several months. It was just like very bizarre material that was floating around, and I thought, this is really crazy. So anyhow, Dev, I hope you get well. Yeah. Um, let's put it that way, because he definitely needs to... Um, he needs to get some help. But no no room for ego in the boardroom. No. That's, that's for darn sure. That's absolutely true. Um, but we're going to be talking about a whole lot of different things today. Um, admitting faith on resumes, which seems to be a big controversy now. Well, it seems to me that, you know, you shouldn't have to put that down because when you, when you interview people, you're not allowed to ask what their faith is. You're not allowed to ask if they're married. Or You're, how old they are. Right, or, or how old they are. Or if they're pregnant. It's crazy. And, um, you know, I, I had interviewed, this is just a stupid small example, but when I was interviewing for nannies, and um, this gal, I, I liked her very much, but then when I went to run her background check, it came up that she had, um, had like a DUI or something in high school, like she had been, you know, and I'm sorry. I, I think that you should just say that. And, you know, I, I think really? you should I disclose know. that. Why should I have to find out about it, you know, through I don't a background know if you'd check? disclose that, though. I mean, when you ask somebody, you know. Maybe you would. I don't know. It just, it seems like, especially now, transparency, like well, there's, now. it's so easy to go back and, and pull things up. Um, you know, I think it's tougher for the newer generations, you know, True. the millennials who seem to have it all, I understand. but um, And yeah. don't have to do a whole lot and other than text. don't have to do a whole lot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it seems like, you know, you should just disclose. But why would you, why would somebody want you, why would someone want to disclose that? Like what their religion is or what their faith well, is. The, the controversy is that people put it on their resume saying, about Catholic, and then they get turned away because people are like, oh, I don't want to have somebody who's very zealous about their religion. So they're not actually asking. They're not the asking, but people, but people, they, they found trends that when people do put that on there, it's already it's a knock against them, and, and they're, they're less likely to get the job. I, but that, I'm sorry, I can understand that. I, I had another employee one time, you know, who I'm born again, who yeah, never disclosed it, never said anything about it, and then. You know, the very first Saturday, one of our dear friends passed away, and it was his funeral. And the very first Saturday they came up, she couldn't because it was the Sabbath for her. And I was like, what? 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 <laughs> so, oh, oh, that's true. I remember you know, that story. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess it depends if you're the well, employer or the employee. Actually, and I will say that there are some 
people that have very strong convictions with their religion, and they do make it very clear that they are absolutely not working on whatever days it is. Um, some of them, I think, are fine, but, you know, come on. I, I don't know. Listen, I'm not... Hey, I'm still miffed that, you know, there's hockey on Mother's Day. <laughs> On Mother's Day and a lot of other days. Yes, so that's a, whole a lot of other but days. But anyhow, I do think that that is um, certainly, you have to weigh it. Like anything, there's a balance. You have to be very careful on balancing uh, situations. But I do think that there's a move in many areas in the country towards a little more balance. I did like that President Obama came out about uh, his children and saying that he wanted his children uh, his two beautiful girls to um, get a taste of life on minimum wage. I thought that was one thing that Obama and I agree yeah, upon. Yeah, that, that's probably the only thing. I know. Besides, the whole country is just up for grabs because... I have to tell whatever you... Whatever reasons, I, I, they just don't feel that the man is in control. I just got back from uh, Washington, D.C. yesterday, and... You know, I've been there several times over the last few years, but then hadn't been there for a while... And it is such a beautiful city. Beautiful city. It is pristine. It, I mean, it's clean. The people are nice. Um, it, it just, it's its a lovely city. And there are so many jobs available. You know, I was asking, and, and um, from, this is just a couple of things that people said, that when Martin Luther King was assassinated, the African-American population kind of went crazy and burnt, like, everything down and a lot of um, non-African American population moved away from the city and now there's like this re-emergence of the non-African American population moving into the city so there are so many jobs available in Washington D.C. Um, it's just it's weird how it, it's it's like um, it's like the 80s you know in, in Chicago I mean it's very kind of Yuppie, <laughs> you know. Well, it's the, you know, it's where our, it's a, it's a young place. I mean, I think Washington is a place. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to meet people. It's young or really old. I kind of had that place. Florida feeling yes. too. Like we um, went into this restaurant called the Prime Rib, and I felt like I had stepped into like a movie set from you know, the Nixon era or something. I mean, it was just. Yeah, I mean, it was very interesting. All our decisions are made. That's where all our decisions are made in the world. But so. I'll tell you what, there's, I mean, the feeling of pride. I took um, my little one, Brett, and um, we had a tour guide who just took us around the city. And we went to, um, he wanted to see where money was printed, of course. And uh, it was just fascinating. I mean, it was really fascinating. It's incredible. Did you know that the a paper that American currency is printed on is uh, is twenty five percent cotton and seventy five percent linen, and that most of what that, that fabric comes from the Haynes Company and Levi's? Wow. Isn't that wild? I mean, it just and that it costs more to like make a penny or make a dime or a nickel than it actually is worth. And if you collected all the money in the world, United States currency, it would equal $1 trillion, but we're $17 trillion in debt. So that kind of, it, it like, it helped me in understand a little bit more about right. why there's this deficit. Then we went to um, St. John's Chapel. Oh, beautiful. And, oh, I thought of you, Shelley. The, the choir was so practicing. Beautiful. Oh, how wonderful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. 
and they have um, all the needlepoint pillows for each president where they kneeled, and they have them all, um, you know, where they like to sit in the church. And then the last pew is where Abraham Lincoln, who in, who was the person who invented currency, by the way. I didn't realize that No, either. I did know that about Abraham. Um, yeah, Old friend the, of mine, you know. Yeah, honest Abe. During the Civil War, he sat in the last pew, and he used to go every day, I guess, and to church and sit in the last pew. So they have that permanently did blocked Obama off. Did Obama have a pillow? No, I didn't see an Obama pillow, actually. I don't, I don't know. If, I'm sure. That's a good did, question. Of course, you know, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But at the White House itself, there were like sniper snipers standing on top of the roof. Isn't that sad? It's so sad, and I guess because something's going on in Iraq or something where, um, well, Baghdad just folded. Right. That you know did not fold. No, not yet. But that something. Yeah. I mean, not that we're really going to get into that kind conversation. But I don't know. I mean, that is really, you know, I never felt that the troops really should completely pull out. That was my personal feeling. I don't know how you felt about it, Whitney, but... Yeah, I, I feel it's the same as, as I don't know. I us just, help, you know, helping France. Or, you know, you can't leave a place unless the people are ready to defend themselves. What was that and, all about? You know, I unless they're ready what to... was that all about, that he pulled all the troops out a long time ago? Well, we, we had an... that was... It was agreed, right, during the, right. that there was a, we had to be out by a certain point. Not in time. during the Bush administration, though. No, no but, but this, this, as the wind down and, and the training and the establishment of their government, uh, they, were, they were to get to a point where they could vote for themselves, govern themselves, and we said, okay, if you can get to this point, we'll pull out, but and that, kind of accelerated it a little bit. And it was stupid. So. It just and and then across like right there's this little there's this lady who since the 80s has been protesting nuclear um, weapons um, right across from the White House and you know I guess they let her stay there because it shows that in America you know you're able to speak your piece you know um, and and freedom of speech so she's she's sitting there I it was just it was really moving I I absolutely loved it we went into the um, George. Uh, Washington uh, Memorial yeah, or monument. 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 I learned what the difference was between a monument and a memorial. memorial. Did not know, um, you know. And I guess that George Washington Monument was conceived of during his life, so that's why it's a monument. It's only a memorial after the person dies. So I think it it'll just, be a really interesting, you know, since Blake is going. Blake is going. Whitney's son is going to school there next year. I think it'll be an interesting experience for him. It really gets you jazzed about being an American. I have to tell yeah, it you, does. I, it really, you know, like you want to know. And, and it brought, I always, you know, as a kid, always loved, you know, politics. And, I, you know, I thought it just brought me back to all those questions and about our history. And I love all that stuff. And I, I think he does, too. And I think it's it's a great time to be in Washington. Yeah. Well, certainly interesting time because it's going to be. And yeah, I told him he's personally responsible for getting a Republican elected in two years. So, <laughs> good luck! Oh my gosh! Anyhow, I was very happy about Obama at suggest. I mean, coming out and saying that about his daughters, I, I think it's helpful to to everybody because naturally you think that the the uh, first family's children that. They might not necessarily get a minimum wage job, and I like the idea that I can't really see though. Like, that. are they working at where? You know, well, Kentucky Fried his, Chicken with a well, bunch of Secret Service. One of guys, his daughters, or? of course, that's not really minimum wage, even though they think it is, is working for Haley Berry. 
movie actress. Do, like that's a, a lucky. A, a that's what you set? call a lucky job. That's a. Obama. That's yeah. That's a who you know. That's a who you know lucky job. Um, I don't. I don't. Th- I think the other daughter is too young to work. But anyhow, he as a child scooped ice cream at Baskin Robbins, and he waited tables uh, at an assisted living facility for seniors, which would have been you know that would have been kind of. But here's the other thing: if your kid is working on a minimum wage job, but living a lifestyle that's not minimum wage. They're still getting good lessons from right. that because my child they're is, learning the value of the dollar, and right. you know most people in our country that's what they're if they're you know they have a job that's what they're making, and so it's it's a good lesson. My child Liam has his first real job this summer, <laughs> and he is working as a camp counselor, and I am so proud of him that he gets up every morning it's awesome i don't know i shouldn't really keep talking about it because i keep thinking that something's the other gym shoe's gonna drop (laughs) or something's (laughs) going to burst but he's up every morning he sets his alarm now he did make arrangements with the doorman to get him a taxi in the morning to get to the bus but he has to ride the bus the school bus and he's he has to be there at like seven or something right yes wow um seven thirty-five. And he's, you know, uh, with, you know, managing these children. Well, my son. Who knew? Uh, Liam is my son, Blake, my older one's best friend. And I um, nearly wet my pants yesterday because he was, like, telling me stories that Liam had told him about his experiences at camp. And one was, you know, this little kid lost his, lost his snack and was like, Coach Farley, Coach Liam, I lost my snack. And Liam, I don't know, you got to know Liam. Liam is, <laughs> he's, he's just like the kid that's like, you know, all right, well, quit whining about it and get yeah. back on the court, right? And the kid's like, my mom made it. And Liam was like, well, where, where do you, where's the last time you remember seeing it, you know? And, but just listening to Blake, like imitating Liam, like mm. you lost your snack and you're crying about it, kid, knock it well, off. At least he's communicating. <laughs> that's the one good thing I'm glad about. Coach is- Liam. <laughs> Liam's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about it? But All right, well, let's go trace your steps and find your snack. Anyhow, it's been like an ongoing thing. I, I, I just, anyhow, I'm very happy. I'm happy that he's doing it, and it's been a really good experience so far. We're only one month into it. No, two weeks or three weeks, but anyhow. So that's really good. I'm really happy about that. Um, you know, Sting, I know that Sting is here in Chicago. You had the opportunity of meeting him, Jeff. I did. He is doing his show here. The Last Ship. The Last Ship. I believe it just opened. It officially opens tomorrow. Well, it'll be well, tomorrow it's got for a us. Pre, it had a pre-opening. But it says pre yeah, it's So what did they change the name? It was something else first. No, I think it was, no, it was the, the Last Ship. The Last Ship coincides with the album he just released. And oh, it's, it's okay. based on the uh, folk-type music from his childhood and Based on this, his childhood home, uh, which was a shipbuilding town, and that's the only thing about it. I'm not. I have to tell you, I love Sting. I really admire him as an artist, but I'm not really excited about seeing that show. I think it might be shipbuilders. I don't know, but <laughs> well, yeah, it's I will see it it's, tomorrow, and I'll, I will uh, report. Okay, back. I suppose you got free tickets. Right. What yeah. was the 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 Irish? Oh, of course, I can't think of it. That book that was everybody was wild about for a while. Talking about his growing up, uh, he was an actor. 
the, uh, in Ireland and and very impoverished McCourt. I don't know. Did he go over well? And then it became a play, and oh, uh, oh, yeah. The, the the ones that were all on stage together singing yeah, through the yeah, whole show yeah. that was on Broadway when yeah, we went to New York. Yeah, and there's certain shows that there's you know there's certain themes that resonate throughout you know the world, but I don't know. Sometimes when you get that specific, you know, I don't know. But I bet you it has a a, a global theme, knowing you know his religious and spiritual. You know his. Oh, I'm Buddhism sure because and, it's really yeah. based on his life, mm-hmm. is it not? Yeah. So it's based on. It's just that Sting is such an iconic figure, and his music. I, I would rather have him do a story about his life, and this isn't about his life. It's about his childhood. Okay. So it's kind of like well, Billy Elliot. Of- kind of. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> the man has made a lot of money. Like he says, it's been written. It's been said that he has. His fortune is over three hundred million. He does not. He's not interested in leaving his money to his children because he feels that his children should make their money on their own. Which there's, I I agree with some of that. Um, I don't know if his kids will ever make that much money. I don't know how talented they are, but well, here's the thing: when you grow you know, up with that, you know, we live in a world where. It that is not really all that possible anymore. Exactly. Um, unless you invent something, right? Um, or you own a strip club? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's so it's kind of I don't know. I, I I wonder. Do you disclose that to your kids as they're growing up? I well, mean, John MacArthur did. He left his children nothing. Really? And they all made fortunes on their own. Yes. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of it has to do with how you introduce it. I know that, yeah. like, um, uh, who's the the richest? Buffett, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. His grandchildren, his children, his grandchildren, um, they their educations are paid for. And then, yeah, there's that's that's the extent of it. I admire people that can do something like that. I really do. I think it's unusual. I, I'm sure it's not the easiest thing to do to be that successful and then to make that choice. Well, I think but it's I think especially difficult your... because these your kids grow up having a certain lifestyle, and then they get to be an adult, and right. you know it's. So I, just but I the do opposite. think that is a conversation that you continually talk to your children. I think that's a conscious decision. Well, hopefully, it's a conscious decision that you've discussed so that your children kind of grow up knowing that. I've always said to my boys, anything that comes, do not expect anything in life. Right. If it comes your way, it is a bonus. But do not expect it because it may not happen. And stranger things have happened, especially in our family. So I, I'm not telling them to look forward to anything. But, um, you know, Sting has six children, two from his marriage to the Irish actress Frances Tomalty, and four from his current marriage to the English actress Trudy Styler. And he's been very connected to his children. So I'm I, I just have always admired him as an entertainer. I think he's great. But he's didn't he say that like he didn't want to leave them trust funds or anything because that's like an albatross around their necks. Right. Why is that an albatross? Because it doesn't it, because if you have money, you're not motivated to do anything else. Yeah, and I don't necessarily agree that with that. I know a lot of people 
I know a lot of kids that have come from money who have done very well, and they don't look at it as an albatross. So, I think I yeah, if you raise your own. kids with the value of of being a contributor and Listen, being responsible my kids on the for bus your community, seven thirty. I'm That's really right. happy. That's right, and then he's going back to his mansion in the sky. And, he's and then he still... goes back to his pit dorm room. So who knows? You know, I don't know. You <laughs> well, your older kids too, though. Complained. I have to say, I do find this very admirable. Um, you know, I think that they're motivated to do, to have their own sorts of success, and you know, right. it's it's different. You know, and I I think that's admirable. Are there kids out there that there was that uh, documentary about like the Johnson and Johnson heirs, and you know, oh, where well, there know, was a reality TV show too about the wealthy uh, children of wealthy parents in Hollywood that was just a disaster. Yeah, well, it it just... But I, I have to say that I think a lot of that stems from how you were raised. You know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, parent involvement with any of these kids, it seemed to me. That was one through line that was, you know, the parents were constantly traveling and, you know, the kids were raised by nannies. And, you know, so there was that... that you know, it wasn't like a family kind of nuclear family kind of thing. I mean, so that was one dynamic that was similar. And then none of these kids grew up thinking they had to. They didn't have any, you know, a work ethic because they didn't have, it wasn't instilled in them. They didn't right. have to do anything. Um, you know, I remember the one Johnson & Johnson, the dad saying like, you know, why don't you just, t- you know, take up a hobby like painting or, you know, and... There was no kind of social or ethical responsibility either, which was just, I thought, kind of sad. Very sad. But, you know, there's a big article in Time magazine now, Why Daughters Are Better Than Sons, At Least Financially. And I don't know if you got an opportunity to read that. Jeff, you were talking about that earlier, mm-hmm. that you had read that. And that what, what were your thoughts on that? I know that you had said that. I, I can't believe that. I find that unusual that that's... It, and that's a, a good gut on it, and you feel girls have more clothes they have makeup they have right i remember like when when my oldest one was born there was like a figure that said to raise a child in the united states was like a hundred thousand dollars and that included diapers and you know education and and now what this article is saying is that it's actually you can break it down even further that boys are more expensive than girls which to me seems impossible and in, and you're right up until about the age of 18 once they get to 18, boys tend to need more. Uh, they go back to parents asking for money, for they help do. with things. They, they tend to move back in and live with their parents for, for longer or come back in later in life in their late 20s, or early 30s, or ask for money or, you know, mom will, will give the boy, you know, an extra 50 bucks when she sees him. So, oh, go out on me, that sort of thing. And so it, it, that, when you take all that into effect... Over the life of a child, the boys seem to cost more. Well, the, hmm. there is a, a statistic that um, 34 to 45-year-old men, 35% still get parental help. And I, I would think that is probably right. Wait, say that again. What was the age? Between 34 to 45, 35 still, still get, get parental, parental help. help. While only eighteen percent of the females, <laughs> their peers do. Wow, honey. Wow. Well, if that was written, that means. Wow. And that will probably, in today's world, I would think that that number, well, that age would get higher. Right. Right. Because it, people aren't making the money. I know. And that's those are now numbers. 
But that's the thing. There's, I mean, I don't know why all of a sudden the college process ignited my uh, curiosity about the direction of the planet, but it did. And, you know, times have changed. It's a very different world. I mean, it is, you know, the whole kind of political correctness and diversification and, and, uh, and what's happening sexually and, in yeah, our world? I mean, with, it, it is like a whole, you know. I mean, this is what women wanted. They wanted to make all these choices. And they wanted to have equal rights just like men. And I think a lot of that is good, but I also think a lot of it is bad. Well, yeah, I think the whole notion, the whole, you know. It's interesting to me because liberation. I thought about this also when I was in Washington the most visited um, monument is the Vietnam Wall, right? And I started thinking, you know, how passionate that group of people in the 60s, like how passionate and how they really, you know, changed the world. And where are these people now? Like, how? why is it that we didn't pick up that kind of passion from those people? You know, I, I it's like... It just seems like they were such a powerful force in the world, and there's well, there's a they were a powerful. I think the powerful force is still there. It's just that in that time, that was such a passionate time. I mean, is country. it that you is it that you grow up and you get more you mellow, so things don't bother you as much? Or no, I think there were such strong opinions toward that war that it became very passionate. I mean, just the whole, like, a lot of the things that are happening, you know, now, like the mortgage situation, right, where, you know, banks are just telling people that, that, oh, you're part of the HOPE program just to get people to pay longer, you know, and it's just, it's a different kind of a ruse. It's, you know, they're not going to get a mortgage. It's not, they're not going to get their house back. They're just getting people to pay longer. It's just, it seems like, I don't know, that there's a certain complacency, um, you know, that, that those people didn't seem to have and I just I think it's very interesting to me that that people are you know that is the most widely stopped at visited place I mean I still think we have a lot that we can learn from history and um I'll tell you this the dorm room I told you so and, Whitney and was I, at her son's <laughs> college her new college and I knew college, I t- and I, I I swear to you I and know that you know, because I, I rock the boat. I know I'm a rock the boat kind of person. I just don't go with the flow very well. Um, and I, because I still believe, like, no, I can change that. I can affect some change on that. And this dormitory was just the most deplorable thing I've ever seen, ever. And I, I, <laughs> I just thought, like, how can thousands and thousands of parents over the years allow this to go on? Didn't anybody ever say anything? I mean, you know, it's been going on, Whitney. I've never seen a great dorm room. I have to tell you the truth. This is all new to my girlfriend, Whitney. Lasky. Yeah, it is. This is very new to her. I remember when he was at camp. <laughs> yeah, you were appalled at the camp, and that was one of the nicest camp rooms I've ever seen in my life. It was air conditioned, Jeff. Yeah. I well, mean, this hello. is just beyond, It was air yeah. conditioning. I'm sure the dorm doesn't have air conditioning, does it? It does, but I wouldn't oh. personally turn it on because there's it's just like a vehicle to blow black, you know, mold. Ooh, that's not good. Well, you need to get that 
work yeah I, I I definitely do but I'll tell you I just uh, I don't know I get really impassioned about this stuff <laughs> it really you know it just really well I, because upsets me no I know but what you're going to do though is you're going to transfer those things onto him and then he's going to get crazy and he's not going to be able to sleep at night so you've got to figure out something because he'll be like, I can't sleep here. Well, he'll end up transferring, so it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Anyhow, another thing that people are really impassioned about are they're all putting, a, I mean a lot, not everyone, but w- when they're doing their prenuptial agreements before they get married now, they're putting a social media clause in <laughs> Which you Thou know, shalt I, not Twitter. Well, first of all, I don't know. I've never been that involved with social media, but I suppose if you were really young and you're so involved and you put everything on your life, I mean, people put pictures of their pizza and their ice cream their cone. Toe. And yeah. now I'm walking to so-and-so. So it's crazy. So I guess if you were marrying someone like that, it would Maybe be Maybe they important. should call that like the Donald Sterling clause. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it has to do with the potential of being publicly humiliated is what it is. I know. Right? And I don't like that anyhow. And I'm, think about it. And well this is my problem with the, uh, you know, gal hooker who um, um he was dating. <laughs> I mean, you just don't you know, that's just not fair. I wonder what happened it's to her. It's not fair. Well she's disappeared. Has she? Oh yeah. She's completely disappeared. she had her fifteen minutes. But, you know, now there's even, you know, more recordings coming out. And it's just, it's uh, it's sad because there are certain things that should remain private, no matter, how, you know, how tumultuous, you know, the that's relationship. Crazy. Know, that's crazy. So anyhow, that's one of the new things that's happening in the prenuptial agreement arena. And um, But here's the other thing. A prenuptial agreement doesn't just govern monetary stuff. I mean, it can be it's a contract that governs things that are important to both parties. Um and remedies for right. what happens if those things don't happen. I personally have never I, I, I don't think that um I mean it seems like kind of a, a buzzkill to me. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess but, but it's you're very not common. Ben you're not living in that world. But I it's mean, very common apparently. Like no, but I'm talking about you know, average, you know, kids getting married today. It's like... Oh, to put the clause in about social media? Not just that, but to have a, a, a prenup- prenuptial. I mean, I it surprises oh, me. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's very common. You know, I mean, I realize that, you know, divorce is, you know, on the rise. But to have a prenuptial, I would think people that have a great amount of money would, would ha- insist on a prenuptial. But it's not. It's, you know... No, I can. I I think that it's becoming just like this is what you do. Yeah, this is yeah, this is what I expect. I don't know if that's all bad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's up for grabs. We'll put our prenuptial (laughs) agreement social media. I mean, it does seem like I don't know. It seems what's what's the vibe out there in the twenty set, Jeff? Well, I'm no longer in the twenty set. However, I do hang out with them. Um, I I think a lot of people don't. Just social media specifically is such a you know, it's such new waters, and, and it's this weird window into people's lives, and they don't realize it, that when you become part of something else, like a marriage, that that window now has to have a shade on it, or at least has Oh, to, I like uh, that. Yeah. has to have its limitations, and but people, like you said, they Twitter and Facebook and post about everything that nobody cares about, now they have to think about somebody else, and they're, the 
they don't now it's forced them to so I, it's almost like they yeah they don't it's it's like well I don't know if you saw the movie her no I haven't it's Probably such a bizarre movie, the but it's like it. wow I mean some people just they put it out there thinking that it doesn't affect anybody and it's just it was I don't know I movie. can't like that if I look at Facebook too much, it really gets me down in the dumps because it just makes me feel like I have no life whatsoever. Really? I know. I noticed yeah. you said that. I mean, I just, it's like, you know, if one more of my friends is going to Italy, I'm going to lose well, you it. you know, my husband's in France right now. Perfect. <laughs> my husband's in France on a biking trip that I did not attend. Perfect. I couldn't go because I'm doing this show in August, but I wonder... The, what? The Tour de France? No, he's no, not he's actually doing, in no, the Tour, Tour de France. France. He's doing the he's Tour doing, de Farley. No, no, he's doing uh, Norman. And he has both of his. Yeah, with a group. And it's it's a great group, and it's a lot of fun. And they're doing Normandy, which is quite... He really finds it amazing because everything becomes so real. You bike. Absolutely. You have fine yeah. wine. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I've you read enjoy. about those, and they seem cool. It seems Speaking about... Cool. Um, Social media clauses and prenuptial agreements, you know, are who I love, Adam Levine, who is one of Maroon 5, is the frontman for Maroon he's 5, like our, the our, band. He's the girlfriend's boy crush. We all love him. Yes, we love him. And he's also on the weekly program, The Voice. The Voice. The Voice. Which, yeah. And he's a great judge. And I really, really like him. But he's getting married, and he's marrying uh, a Victoria's Secret model. Bahati, of course he is. Prince. Yeah, of course he is. Bahati Prinslow. But during this um, engagement, now that he's engaged, he wants to clean his slate. So he's made public apologies to all of his old girlfriends. I don't know. Would all you right. want a public apology from him? I wouldn't. No, you know, first of all, I do and think the there's some merit them. in like the whole amends sort of thing. But shouldn't you just like, isn't there like a... a, a you know, a commandment that says if you do something good, keep it to yourself. Like, you don't just do something well, good yeah, and then announce, I'm going to do something good and now I've done something good and now I want everybody to say I did something good because I did something really good. Well, I don't know what his deal is, but, you know, behind, I don't know, maybe maybe she's taught him to have a little bit of compassion. You know, he is a rock star and, you know, he'd end these month-long flings and he just would ignore a girl's calls. Well, that's really horrible. You know, can you imagine... But I don't know You're with that a I would, rock star. I wouldn't. I don't get know myself. that I would use the occasion of my wedding to no. go back and you know go through my little, my here, big black book. And, no, exactly. But here, these girls are. They're having this fling with this really attractive guy. I mean, don't you kind of expect? And that, then you don't. You know, and then you know he's calling you, calling you. You're and then thirty-one just, flavors. You're well, the flavor hello. of the month. I mean, you gotta be. You gotta be awake, girls out there. You've got to be awake. You're but guess what? To the Some of these girls, Shelley, just want this. Is they don't care. They don't care. Well, this is how our life has changed. This is how the world has changed. They don't care, and they they just want a chance to do whatever they want to do. And now he's saying, which kind of strikes me. I, I, come on, Adam. Well, we'll see, Adam. He's that he may get a tattoo of his of Bahati's name over his heart. Okay, he already has five jillion tattoos. Well, I know. He's going to make room for that. Hey, on the cover of Reform Judaism this week, I happened to notice that there was an article about tattoos because, as a Jew, you're not supposed to get a tattoo. Really. Yeah, because of the Holocaust and marking your skin, you know, with the numbers, like it's, 
in order to be buried in a Jewish ceremony, if you're Orthodox, you're not allowed to have a tattoo or any marking on you. But a lot of Jews are now doing that as a way of uh, honoring, you know, family and history and and, it's and their faith. And apparently, uh, you know, it's becoming more accepted. So I still, there's still time for me to get that kosher parvay oh, yeah. symbol no, on my you, ass. You thought about yeah. a tattoo. You, no, you liked one. I, you I wanted still, one on your wrist. I still, something. yeah, I think about it. I, I don't know what it is. I just think it would be cool she, to do she it. She wants a, yeah. a, t- a heart or something. Yeah. You know, it's like Robin Thicke. Well, Robin Thicke, instead of declaring his love on tattoos, you know, he is very much wanting to get back with his wife. Did you know that? Isn't Robin this? Didn't we talk about this like shows ago? Like yes, they no. had an. Oh, she said they have an open marriage, and she was totally fine with that, right? Well, well, yes, to a point. Now, you know, Robin Thicke is the creator, the writer of the song "Blurred Lines," which has been such a smash hit. So now he has done his new album is completely dedicated to <laughs> his wife who left him because he's desperately trying to get her back. And you know, I'm kind of happy about that. Because, you know, he went through a very, uh, I mean, you know, he I made guess, this big smash shit she, on Blurred Lines. He had two million women groupies surrounding him all the time. It just goes imagine? to show you that anytime a woman says, yeah, okay, we can have a three-way, they are totally full of shit. They don't mean it. Or, yeah, we have an open marriage. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. They're saying that because that's what you want to hear, but that's really not the truth. And it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, I know that's So now true. he's recorded an entire album. So I wonder. Yes, here's some of the songs on his album. <laughs> oh boy, you're my fantasy. It's fan- your birthday. You're I'll my find you whatever fantasy. You want. No, you're my fantasy. <laughs> Get her back. Still madly crazy. Love can grow back. Too little, too late, and forever love. I hope one of those is a hit, Alan. I'm kind of happy the guy's doing this. I got to tell you, I'm so tired of these guys doing what they want and then you know he's at least seems like he's got a little bit of a conscience okay well how about you know i will we don't have to have an open marriage i'll respect your ethics and your views and your morality and i will demonstrate to you over time that i'm capable of doing that but I don't hear any of those titles saying any of that. No, but the fact of the matter is, that was catchy. She said, Whitney, those weren't very catchy titles. <laughs> no, but here's the fact of the matter is, that I'll keep it was, in my pants. they both agreed to their kind of marriage. So That's what I'm saying. Well, now he's... Don't believe it when somebody says that, because it's just no, never true. But they both agreed, and now she's gotten fed up with it, and I'm, you know, for good reason. And so now he, and left, and... So I'm, I'm, listen, the guy's trying. Give him a break. Paula, give I'm sorry I missed therapy. If that becomes a top ten hit. No, but give him a break. See what happens. You've got children invested in it, and he's invested in it, so see what happens. That's my flaw. That's my now I had always heard that they were just so madly in love with each other. I did, too. They've known each other since high school or something. Yeah. Bizarre like that. Yeah. One of those bizarre relationships. Yeah. And I don't know. I just... Uh, you don't trust those high school relationships. You know, I, I hope it comes together for him. I really do. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I can't wait our, to hear some of the tracks. I know. Who else is in our celebrity dish gossip? Oh, we well. About it? Entrepreneur Barbie comes complete with a smartphone. Oh, Okay. Girlfriends Barbie. all know Go that I, I'm a big Barbie fan. Um, and, you know, Mattel's launching the doll this summer. And um, 
and it corresponds to the statistics that Forbes just released that there are more female-owned businesses, businesses started by women, uh, than men, and that they really? have far outpaced the growth of, of businesses owned by men. Well, hence what our last, uh, what we just talked about, women earning more money. 41% of women are now their family's breadwinners. Well, let's face it. We know that someday women are going to run the world. It's just, I well, mean, it's a given. We hope that that will be the case or that we are given the opportunity. I'm thinking that it's, I see the change happening. And it's going to be that the men are going to go into the domestic situation. I see this happening slowly. I really do. Well, I, I hate to say this, but I do think that um, after visiting the Smithsonian and seeing all the first the exhibit of the first ladies, I do think that Bill Clinton is, is looking like he's going to be our first man. Oh well, if Hillary I think, Clinton I think, wins, yeah, I, I think that uh, I don't know. I have a feeling that could happen. Actually, it's, you know, I think Hillary Clinton would make a good president now. I didn't really care for her before. And there is a safeness about it that Bill Clinton is behind it, because I thought he was a great president. Not crazy about his personal decisions, but... He never wrote a song about him. He didn't. <laughs> but I'll what's your you face under did? my desk. Monica yeah. did. And that wasn't... that. That was but um, yeah, so in addition to uh, the doll, Mattel is hoping uh, to keep an online conversation going about uh, women entrepreneurs and use that as a way of inspiring girls. Go Barbie! And you know what? I love that girl. You go, you go, For a Barbie! Blonde bombshell, thirty-six, twenty-four, thirty-six. That's Barbie, right, baby. You got it all if together, girl. You can girl. dream it. You can be it. Damn it! I love that about her unapologetic Barbie Una and and she shouldn't have to apologize and you know they're doing really good things that's like the Dove campaign Do you well, remember when they were using the real girls I, I love, love that. that campaign yeah the real I girls I want to see more of that I do too well there is if you've noticed a lot of the advertising um, online for companies when they're showing clothing or what have you they're on real women they're oh, on real yeah. girls. Oh yeah. I, you know, it's kind of you gotta your eye has to kind of get used to it. Your eye has to get used to it. Because yeah, we're so inundated with false you beauty. Know. Yeah. We're absolutely. so inundated with false beauty that it is a your eye you're like, wait, what? And do I really like that dress? You have to really look carefully. I did just read it a very strange statistic that said comedians, the more attractive a comedian is the more well received their jokes are. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, having a very attractive comedian son. And doesn't it? I know. It seems like. I think it's harder for them. I mean, I, I, it just, to me, I thought it would be the opposite of that. You I know, think it's sometimes if you're big or quirky or, yeah. you know, like the kind of being a comedian goes, but they're saying. Like Jim Carrey. You know, oh, I yeah. Love I love Jim you know, Carrey. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that was just an odd statistic. He's gone through kind of a drought, Jim Carrey. You know, he, he probably... Um, Got a burnout. Yeah, he probably just Well, who was I just... Uh, the burnout. Um, well, Sting. Sting had a writer's block, he said, publicly, that Sting, he had a writer's block where he couldn't write, I want to say, eight or nine years. That happens because it's happened to my son, Scott. <laughs> he, he's he gets he said he gets writer's block, and it's tough to break out of it. I mean, they, very you know. tough. 
it, they say that um, you know even the, the best of them have uh, habits where you even if you can't write you still go into your space and you still you know spend your six hours or whatever you Scott do. Scott does every day. And it just um, it's got to be so depressing to you know really want to and then just not have it right you just write anything then just anything yeah i mean it's it's really that's a it's a complicated profession very complicated profession and you know not for the faint of heart but either is growing old so uh that's for damn sure it ain't for sissies is what my mother always says it is not growing old is not for the weak or sissies yeah that's what I, i said to my son i'm like who do i have to sleep with to get you know to move you out of the storm and he's like mom i hate to tell you this but nobody wants to sleep with you (laughs) and you're listening to the girlfriends and webtalkradio.net maybe sleep but it's certainly not an incentive to to, to, to you might have to sleep with the president i don't think that that's what he was saying he's like i mom i just don't see that working i you know that's his, that's how changes are brought about. I mean, look at Sterling. His whole life changed because of somebody he slept with. Okay, too bad for you, Sterling. I Anyhow. did see a cool piece of graffiti, though, that said, fight like a girl on a construction site. And I thought that was really cool. What do you mean, fight like a girl? I don't get it. I don't. It was just graffiti that somebody had sprayed. Fight like a girl. And so I what's thought, that mean? Like, is that one of those things you're I supposed took to it, think, now what do they mean by yeah, that? Yeah, well, it's art, man. I, I took it to mean, like, be smart. Like, fight like a girl. Like, be strong and be smart. Okay, be strong and be smart. Or you could be, like, I don't know. Or, like, you fight like a girl. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I didn't take it that of, way. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. But what's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. Right. Hello. Yeah, I just I thought yeah, it was kind of it was good. What's wrong with that? You're absolutely right. Didn't I say grew up like in a fight life. like a marine. You know, yeah. just said fight like a girl. I know. So anyhow, you're listening to the girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. We are happy to be with you today. We will be back next week, hopefully with Shauna Montgomery. We she's miss out you, girl. On, she's out on hiatus somewhere, floating around on a raft. She's having she's a. Doing. She's planning a party somewhere. She's planning a party, um, or on a raft, or, or who knows. Discovering what an anti-aging breakthrough. Yes, exactly. I hope cheese so. and salami. I hope she is. I hope she is. <laughs> so um, loved being with all of you guys today, and loved sharing the news about Dove Charney and the American Apparel. Bye, bye, Dove. There is justice in the world. Bye, Dove. Bye, Dove. Girls don't like you. Isn't that an ironic name, though? Dove Charney. That's unusual. Well, Dove is David in Hebrew. Oh, okay. King. Well, see, I didn't get that. Anyhow. All right, King Charney. So down you go. Humpty Dumpty. Had a great fall and he never got up again. Love you guys. See you next week.